Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Good morning, again. I know. Wow. So Mark is not here today, and guess who he selected to speak? I know, right? Yeah, thanks. He's like, it's the Christmas morning, Audra. He, he wakes up every Sunday. It's Christmas morning, kids. Aren't you excited? I can't say that I have an ounce of Christmas morning feeling, but I'm, I'm honored that, um, <clears throat> to be teaching God's Word. So, a guy was working out at the gym when he spotted a young lady who walked into the gym. He asked his trainer standing next to him, what machine should I use to impress that girl over there? The trainer looked him up and down and said, I'd recommend the ATM machine in the lobby. Oh, poor guy. (laughs) Trainer was keeping it real with him. Anyway, so we are in the book of James, and I have um, the honor this morning of walking through James 3 with you. So um, it's been a work in progress this week, and God has given me many opportunities to live this message out. So one, one, one day last week, the kids and I were driving in the car, we're driving along, and a song came on the radio by Def Leppard. Yep, pour some sugar on me. Guess who started busting out the lyrics to the song? Moi. I know, every single word. I'm like singing, my kids are looking at me like, oh my word, what has gone, what has happened with my mother And yeah, busting out, just singing away, you know, then I texted my brother, uh, because I I haven't heard that song in, I don't know, 15 years maybe, I texted my brother and I was like, oh, an oldie just came on, walking down memory lane, and he's like, did you tell your kids that you were on my shoulders at their concert in Old Orchard Beach? I was like, "Uh, no, I pretty much left that part out. So yeah, I'm one of those people, unfortunately, that remembers words to songs, which in worship is a great thing, but when uh, some songs of my younger days come on, I, I, I frightened my children that day. I'm sorry, guys. So sorry. Mark's like, why don't you sing a few lines? I said, no, that's not going to happen, and it's really probably not appropriate anyway in church. So the thing is, we're not legalistic in our house about music. Um, I uh, grew up not really being able to listen to uh, music, <laughs> any kind of, that kind of music, and hence, there I was at a concert at Old Orchard Beach. I mean, that really wasn't very honoring. I'm sorry, Mom. I went to that concert. <laughs> but um, we are not really legalistic in our house, but we listen to all kinds of music. We love worship. We love um, pop sometimes. But the thing that we have done... Um, is training our kids to really listen to the words and know what the words are saying, listen to the lyrics and the content, because we know that what goes in our ears eventually goes into our heart and then eventually comes out of our mouth, right? So God, God's word says that. So at some point, here it comes, out the lips. So that's kind of our rule of thumb at our house, because we realize there's so much power in our tongue, isn't there? 
It can build up, it can tear down, it can be positive, it can be negative. So today that's what we're going to look at. Uh, James, the brother of Jesus, actually wrote a whole chapter about it. The whole chapter, really, James 3, is about that. The cool thing I, I love about that is James, he was a scholar. Like, he was a real legit guy. I mean, he was head in the church, but yet we read James, and it's so practical. You know, it's so real. It's so tangible. It's, it's actually, there's some basic truths in there. They're not easy to live out, but they're, uh, when we read through them, like, yeah, that makes sense. The Bible also tells us in Luke 6.45, the good person out of good treasure in his heart produces good. The evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. That's what God's word says. It's right in there. So I'm just going to pray this morning. God, we just love you so much, and we consider it an honor to be in a place where we can just bring our Bibles in, we can just open them on our lap and just freely read and talk about your word. There's nobody coming in here telling us we can't. Father, we are blessed. So God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just open the words on the pages to us today. Just illuminate what you want to highlight today for everyone in this room. Father, I just submit myself before you, God. And that you just have your way this morning. In Christ's name I pray, amen. So this is just old-fashioned. We actually just have our Bibles today. I don't have PowerPoints and slides, so you need your pen and a journal or whatever. And we're just going to get into God's Word. We're going to read James 3. So if you're not there yet, if you can turn to James 3. Not many of you should presume to be teachers. That's lovely. What a great way to start a message, right? Here I'm up here teaching like, oh, not many of you should do it. Yeah, because you're going to be judged more strictly. That's what it says. It says, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Those who are never at fault and what they say are perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and they're driven by strong winds, they are steered with a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of creatures, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by human beings, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise the Lord and our Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this not, should not be so. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Or a grapevine bear figs? 
neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So it starts off by basically saying, not many of you should become teachers. And why is that? Because there's power in our words. It's, it's not a light thing uh, that we take when we're speaking uh, about God's word. It says uh, we have the power, our words, to influence people for good or evil, shape their lives around our words that are spoken. I had a Bible teacher once when Mark and I were back in Bible school, and uh, he had a, a saying that he taught us that said, words are like hooks on a wall for people, and they hang things on those words that we say. You know, and I really got thinking about that, and um, it's what, what they think about themselves, how they feel about God, how they feel about others. And I saw this um, post this week on Instagram by an amazing Bible author and teacher, Lisa Turkhurst, and she was saying that something somebody said to her in middle school about her wearing a dress she was like wounded by it. It was words that somebody spoke. She has not worn a dress the rest of her life until right now. She's like 45 years old. She said she put that dress on and she felt amazing. She broke free from that. But those words that somebody spoke to her or over her, she hung something on that. It's like what she thought about herself or what, how she felt you know, when she put a dress on. And so the words we say, they have power. You know, we, we tell our kids, like, you're going to succeed. You know, things that we're sowing into our kids. Or, um, you know, you hear some people say to their kids, you're never going to amount to anything. I mean, that's something that if those words that we speak, there's so much power in them, that affects the rest of people's lives. It's not just, oh, it's just words, and they, they said it, and they just, they're gone off. No, those words have power. We speak over people. They have long-term effects. Then James goes into talking about putting bits in horses' mouths to make them obey. I thought, man, isn't that a great idea for kids? Like, is there some kind of bit like we can use? And then they just like, no, it doesn't work like that. They have little wills of their own. Just the tiniest piece of metal, though, can turn that humongous animal. Ships have rudders. They're so small that those rudders control the entire vessel. There's wind, there's waves, they steer the ship, but the captain uses that rudder and tells it where it wants to go. It says, likewise, which basically means in the same way. The tongue is such a small part of our body, like it's so little, but it's so powerful. A forest fire is set ablaze by a small spark. It says in verse 6, as we read, it said the tongue is also like a fire. Like, that's amazing to me. This little thing that's in our mouth has that much power and control. It says, 
animals, birds, sea creatures. I mean, you go to SeaWorld and they got this big thing diving up out of the water. I mean, whatever, Shamu. I don't know if he's still there, but I mean, he's controlled by people, this huge animal. But yet here we are with this little thing in our mouth, this little muscle can't be controlled with our own strength or by another man or person controlling us. The tongue is not tamed by human power. We can discipline, we can try to train our tongue, we can you know, try to say and do all the right things, but if our heart's not involved, it's really not going to be lasting. It's not life-changing. My friend has a saying, she says, where there's no wood, there's no fire. Without the wood or the fuel, the fire doesn't go. You know, we do have the power to control that, what we add to arguments or what we say about things, adding fuel to that fire. If you don't add the fuel, the fire doesn't go. The ship can't control itself with its own power. It has the captain, nor can the animals. They're not controlled on their own. They have a trainer. Well, we have the Holy Spirit. You know, that's the beauty of this, is we have the Holy Spirit that we can rely on his power to help control our tongue. We have to rely on him. I've been a Christian since I was 12 years old, and um, I grew up knowing Jesus. I grew up knowing the right things to say, the right things to do. But there were times, as you can hear from my concert, um, there were times in my life that just they weren't consistent. You know, it was just like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd try and I'd say the right thing, and then... Oops, something else would come out, you know. And then when I was 25, uh, I met the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit did for me is changed my life. It changed my heart so that now I understood the reasons why I don't want to talk a certain way or do a, do a certain thing or act a certain way. He allowed me to be consistent in my walk. The power that he brought to my life allowed me to be consistent because that's what James talking about. He's talking about duplicity, really. It seems to exist with our mouth. In one sentence, we bless the Lord. It says that in verse 10. One sentence, we bless the Lord, but then we turn around and we curse our brother, who was made in God's image. And that's duplicity. That's not being consistent. James said, this should not be so. Our words should be the same. Not praising Jesus one day and then spewing thing, you know, stuff comes out of our mouth about people or whoever the next day. We need to be consistent. We need to have consistency and not duplicity. And that's what God's word is calling us to, of what's coming out of our mouth. But the Holy Spirit helps us remain constant. He helps us with this. We can't do it on our own. Here in James, it says in verse 11 and 12, it says the spring that comes out, it's not fresh and salty. And, and the trees, they don't bear figs and olives on the same tree. I mean, we even know that from nature. Apple trees don't bear oranges. Even nature, it's like nature understands it, but here we are. We have duplicity in our life. We praise God with, you know, one day, and then the next day uh, we say whatever or say things that aren't pleasing to the Lord. And that's the Holy Spirit. He can help us stay consistent in that. The problem is we're not perfect, because that's clearly not uh, happening here with this person on the stage. No one's perfect, and we can't solve duplicity on our own. And the cool thing about James, he's not talking to a group of unbelievers. 
James is speaking to believers in here. He's addressing the church, really. He's not talking about people who wouldn't understand or who wouldn't know. He's talking to the church. He's talking to us. He's saying, you can't solve duplicity on your own or tame the tongue. We're human. We're not perfect. Left to ourselves, what are we bent toward? Evil. That's just how it goes. Selfish ambition. It talks here, verse 14. was saying, if you harbor bitter envy, selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast, don't deny it. We naturally gravitate toward being selfish. It's just this who we are. You know, it's like kids come out of the womb practically. Like, life's all about me. I mean, that doesn't, it's just natural. It happens. There's, we're selfish people. It's just how we roll. It's just how we, how we roll. But the Holy Spirit wants us to be all about him. And the thing is, it's like we're not perfect. And sometimes we have these things come up in our life. All of us do. We have things that come up and we're like, ooh, where did that come from? You know, came out of some dark, scary closet we didn't know was there. But when it comes up, you don't just shove it back in. You know, we can't shove it back in. The Holy Spirit has brought things to light in our life so we can repent of them. We think, oh, that's not really an issue. Well, it probably is an issue. If you're thinking about it and you're wondering, oh, is that, you know, I don't feel like forgiving that person. They kind of hurt me 10 years ago. Like, no, that's an issue. That's pretty much an issue if you're still carrying something that's 10 years old. So God continually brings things up in our life. He stirs our heart. That's a good thing. Now I know we don't like change, being New Englanders, and we like things to kind of stay the same, but God's constantly changing. Our walk with him is constantly changing, and so sometimes he'll bring something to the surface, and we'll be like, ooh, it's not very attractive, but it's all right. He wants us to, he wants us to bring it to him, and then he can deal with us in it. We want to be people of repentance, We see these actions come up, and it says, God's word said, these kinds of actions and behaviors create disorder and open ourselves to every evil practice. You know, I think of the guy Phil prayed over. It's like, that's all he knew, and that's what he was doing. You know, he opened himself up to whatever. But as soon as Phil and the team started speaking life over him, those weren't just words. I mean, the words came out, But something happened. Something impacted his life. That's power. I mean, Phil can't just do that on his own strength, or the team can't, or any of us can't. When we encounter something like that, we rely on the Holy Spirit, and we speak life. We speak life over people. And right before their very eyes, they saw this man's countenance change. He didn't even know what to do with the life because he'd been in darkness and bondage for so long. But their words have power. We want the Holy Spirit to reveal areas in our life that need tweaking. It's just, that's okay, because we're a work in progress, and he shows us something, something comes up. We want him to to change that and tweak it. Then James starts talking about, we need wisdom from above. These are the things that we want to have coming out of our heart, the wisdom that comes from heaven. Any of us who've asked Jesus into our heart, these things should be coming from within us. The Holy Spirit brings wisdom from above, and this is what it looks like. Verse 17, pure, 
peace-loving, considerate, gentle? Are we open to reason? Are we open to teaching? Full of mercy. Are you keeping track of wrongs? Are we offering forgiveness to people? Wisdom from above brings good fruit out of our life. Are we impartial or do we take sides? Are we sincere? Are we truthful with our words? It's just when you read over verse 17, all those things, pure, peace-loving, submissive, full of grace, it's like you just feel, I feel so good when I read those. It's like, oh, yeah, I want that compared to the verse before, 14, envy, selfish ambition. It's like, ooh, no, I don't, I don't want to live a life like that. Some days I feel like I am, but I don't want to. The words that come out of our mouth reflect what is stored in our hearts. That's just biblical truth. That's just right here in God's word. It's a truth that we can't escape. But here's the thing. This is a judgment-free message. I have preached this to myself. I mean, and believe me, I've had many opportunities this week. Um, One was my wireless internet um, went down. I don't know if you have wireless in your house, but when it's not working, it's frustrating. Nothing was working. So I get on the little phone, I call Netgear, and they connect me to India, which, you know, that's okay, because I don't have anything against the people of India, nothing. They're super smart people, actually. But uh, to try to communicate was extremely frustrating, and my children can attest. I was like, Mom's living out this message, because what I want to say right now, as I'm like, A, Alpha, B, Bravo. I'm like trying to communicate with this man, but he's like, D. I'm like, no, B. And we were going back and forth, and I was like, okay, get a grip, calm down. It's going to be fine. Well, that was day one. Well, then I had to do it again day two, because he didn't fix my wireless like he said he was going to fix my wireless. So here I'm on the phone again, hour and a half, to India. A couple transfers to different people in India. I'm like, I can do this. God, just speak life. Just trying to be gracious, trying to, well, it's still not working. So just, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do now because I don't feel like I can call again because I, I don't know. I, it was a lot. It was hours and hours of frustration. So God has worked on me this week with my tongue and trying to speak life. Even though that situation was not bringing me life at all, I tried. I tried, was trying to be gracious It was a simple reminder for me, really, that I just need to submit myself and surrender my life to Jesus. That's the bottom line. So if I if I live with that principle and think like that, submitting myself to Jesus. And you know, submission, people hear the word, oh, I don't want to submit. Submission is really just being ready to conform to the authority and will of another. It's not a big scary word. I want to conform my will to Jesus. I want to do that because that's where my power comes from. I want us to commit with our mouths will be used to build up people, that our mouths are going to speak positive things as we allow our heart to be fully surrendered to the working of the Holy Spirit. It's not about perfection. It's not about disciplining ourselves, how we can train ourselves. I mean, because we can do that for a while, but it just doesn't last. You won't see long-term fruits. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to train our tongue because we can't do that on our own. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. 
Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. I mean, that is so clear. We have weaknesses, guys. Let's face it. We all have weaknesses. But through Jesus Christ and his power, he works through our weaknesses. We want Christ's power to rest on us. That's why we boast in our weakness. His power is used through us and uses our weaknesses. So we want to continue to submit to the Lord. We want to continually do that. We need consistency in our life. Just a consistent walk with the Lord, not duplicity. Duplicity is not attractive. The power of Jesus Christ in our life is attractive. That's what's attractive to people. Like the, the men, people, people that Phil encountered, they've never seen anything like that. That's attractive. They don't even know what to do with it. But it's for them, too. It's for everyone to walk in this consistency. The Holy Spirit will help us with that. He will fill us from wisdom from above. I want us all to agree. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 is a great verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says to encourage one another and build each other up. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong doing that. Encouraging one another and building each other up. Our families and our workplace. Wherever we go, we encounter people. Everywhere. None of us here are hermits. We, we encounter people somewhere in our walk, our family, our relationships. And we want to encourage one another and build each other up. We need to remember that our words are like hooks for people. They're not just words. They're not just things that you say. There's power behind them. And it can be life-changing power. When we submit to the Holy Spirit, it can be life-changing. We will see the wisdom from heaven in our lives when we walk in humility. Verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. People will see the wisdom from heaven in our lives when we walk in humility and submission to the Holy Spirit's leading when we walk out a consistent faith. People will see it. Our words over people's lives will be life-changing. We want to be life-givers. Don't we? Life-givers. Can you guys stand with me? We're just going to pray. Father, all of us in this place, God, we want to speak life. We recognize, God, that we're human, God, and that our flesh tends to err and be bent towards selfish things or speaking how we feel or our, our situation. But God, your word says, your word is life. We want to be people that encourage one another and build each other up. We want the wisdom from heaven. We want to be peacekeepers. We want to be loving, compassionate, forgiving people. Father, we're declaring today we are going to be those people. 
as Phil said today, we're not going to walk out of here and be like, oh yeah, James, you know, he had a good word. His, you know, it's in the Bible. Father, we want to live that out. We don't want to live a life of duplicity. We want to be consistent in our walk with you. And that consistency matches up with what comes out of our mouth. God, how we're walking it out. God, we pray that you'd guard the things that go in. Us as parents, help us train our children to understand that first and help them understand they need to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not just about a disciplined life. We recognize that, Jesus. It's about living in submission to you and your will. God, and you have good things for us. God, and you want to use us to be life givers. You want to use our tongue for good. This small little muscle in our body that you say can't be controlled by us. Father, but you can control it. So we give you permission today to control our tongue. We give you permission today, God, to show us areas we need to grow in, change in. God, use us how you see fit. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 